So Neville gave um, me warning yesterday that he was um, probably not going to be able to make it for uh, preaching this morning, but Bart and I were just about to go out to friends for dinner. So, um, but Neville said, well, you know, this might be a time that we can have some testimonies in church. And I thought, oh, that sounds exciting because a very exciting church service I went to years ago when we were still in the old auditorium was when Fred was going to preach. And Fred got up and said, I've got a message prepared, but I believe God wants us to share testimony. Do you remember that, Fred? And I've never forgotten that because that was such an exciting service. But before we... I'm going to ask for testimonies, so you've got a, a page and a half of writing in this book to think about something. <laughs> I um, happen to be reading this book, and it's based on 1 Corinthians 13, and it's all about love, hope and faith. And so the very next chapter I was going to read uh, was about faith, and it's about prayer. So the, um, the heading of it is, faith brings answers, but enduring faith brings answers with character. That sunk in. One of the most exciting parts of the life of the believer is seeing prayers answered. And the more impossible the problem, the more memorable and impacting is the answer. Answers to prayer are the wonderful privilege of the followers of Jesus. They are the products of co-laboring with God, an honour that is beyond comprehension. God answers prayer differently for each person and each occasion. But if we fail to understand how he moves, we can wind up frustrated in the midst of a potentially massive breakthrough. I'm going to read that again. If we fail to understand how God moves, we can wind up frustrated in the midst of a potentially massive breakthrough. Believers often abort the answer they have prayed for because they are ignorant of how God moves. I wish we could see how often God answers our prayers the moment we pray, but answers in seed form instead of the full-grown answer we are looking for. We cry out for a major breakthrough and instead God provides the seed for that breakthrough. We ask for the oak tree, but he gives us the acorn. The tree is in the seed. Seeing that truth will change everything about how we pray and how we steward the moments we have in God. God created seeds and seeds grow with proper care. It is his way. Sometimes our greatest need is the answer. And sometimes we actually need the process that brings the answer. We want sudden intervention. He wants the answer to be safely planted in the life 
of the yielded believer. His intervention is sustained through the personal development of the one who does the praying. In other words, he wants the answer to have a safe home in the life of a believer who has learned the ways of the king. Often we are praying for the right things, but if the answers were given all at once, they would actually destroy our lives. For that reason, enduring faith is important to God. When we learn the art of focused, unending prayer, our hearts are strengthened in the same way that isometrics develop our muscles. Character becomes a muscle that is developed during the time of waiting for an answer while persisting in focused prayer. Waiting that is sure of the answer is what develops character in the life of the disciple of Jesus. Answers to prayer are great. Answers to prayer that come with growing character are even greater. God is always looking at the big picture. The fact that we are in his picture should amaze us all. I think I've really come to understand that more in recent times that um, in pressing in for prayer I am learning to rely more and more on God whereas if he answered a prayer quickly I might forget you know sometimes I make myself uh, I sit down and I think okay where, where has God answered prayers in the past and I'm amazed at how often he has answered prayer I don't think of it anymore or I don't always think of it so this this morning um, I'm asking for you to um, come and do one of three things really either to come and share a testimony of where God has answered your prayer or where God is still answering your prayer okay that's two things where he has answered a prayer or where he is still answering a prayer or thirdly, those scriptures that you are hanging on to, believing, because what God says will happen. His word is the truth. By Jesus' stripes, I, Bernie, have been healed. And so um, I'm just going to give you a moment to think about that while I just read Mark 11. I think this is one of Bart's very favourite scriptures, is it Bart? Mark 11, um, whoa, that always happens, yes, oops, and people who have hard copy Bibles think that's why you should have them, so Mark 11, 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, this is after the fig tree, right, the fig tree that he'd cursed, and they walked past and there was no fruit on it and the disciples said, look, that fig tree has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have 
whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That's only one text. You know, there are others where we need to know we're play, praying in accordance with God's will, etc., etc. But most of us, I think, are pretty mature believers here. So we know that. So if you have a testimony about a prayer that's been answered, a prayer that is being answered, or a faithful scripture, come. Well done, Veronica. <laughs> when I heard about this, I thought, yes, we, oh, I've got a different one to Henry, believe it or not. <clears throat> this is a shared one. Um, so Isaiah 58, 12 says, uh, Those from among you... Uh, shall build the old waste places. It was talking about the city of Jerusalem. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. So as we know from the temple uh, being rebuilt, that it had been destroyed. And normally when a battle had occurred, an army would smash down and uh, be able to take over the city. But... That break in the wall, when you were a repairer of the breach, of course, you rebuilt what the enemy had destroyed. Um, and I've prayed many years for all sorts of things about repairing breaches and restoring. And of course, God is the great restorer and repairer. And we can all testify to that. But um, this is a pretty personal testimony, so I hope I'm okay. Um, so most of you, or many of you know that our oldest son... Uh, sort of went a bit off the rails um, and is probably still there in lots of ways. Um, and he uh, had a uh, child with uh, a young lady from Italy. So we have a grandchild in Italy. And um, it was all sort of well and good when that first happened. She actually uh, had little cello here and about uh, three months later she had to go back to Italy because her visa had run out. And it was all fine for a while. Um, and then, unfortunately, our son came back and he headed back to his old ways. So she broke off contact with him. Uh, and then, not long after, she broke contact off with us. Firstly, Henry. Um, and it was a pretty messy breaking of contact. And eventually with me, up until that stage, she'd actually agreed to send us photos and, you know, just keep us in contact. Um, so, yeah, we've been praying since then. I certainly have, and I've been praying, repair the breach, restore, restore, Lord. And I was sort of thinking, you know, it'd be really nice one day out of the blue that I'd get an email with some nice photos or um, something on Instagram or something like that. Um, anyway, one evening, Henry and I were just sitting, having dinner, and someone was visiting us. And, there was an, uh, and Henry looked out and saw someone running up the driveway. And we thought, oh, who's this, you know? Um, and he went to the front door when it knocked and, and he opened it and he sort of went, <gasps> like this. And I thought, oh dear. <laughs> I had no idea who it was. And he sort of went, <gasps> and, and I couldn't even say anything. So he walked in and, and she followed. And it was actually Gloria, the mother of our grandchild. And we were just gobsmacked. And then, of course, we were quite tentative and she was really tentative. Because uh, it, it had been messy, I can assure you. Anyway, we invited her in, gave her a big hug and sort of sat down and started chatting. And, uh, you know, we all relaxed and we talked about things. And she was visiting 
Australia. She'd been having some counselling, uh, Christian, I think, counselling, and uh, she was feeling very stressed and she felt that she'd like to come back and visit people that she'd seen while she'd been travelling here. Um, and she also felt that she could visit us. So, um, and then I sort of said, oh, wow, this is amazing. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to jump in boots and all. And I said, well, you know, can we have a look at some photos? And she whipped out a phone and she showed us all these photos. And then, she, then I said, oh, could you send some? And she did straight away. Uh, and we had a wonderful time with her. We went out for a day. Um, and I know the relationship is not restored with our older son. And she's still struggling with that. But it is restored with us. Uh, we're keeping up the contact. We've had Zoom meetings with her family, who we'd, we'd met the mum. It was like a miracle. And if someone had said that God would do that, I was sort of sort of expecting I shall think about it and maybe flick us a few photos. But to actually turn up on our doorstep uh, and, you know, uh, thank you. And she's actually, after that, she went to speak to... Um, a, lot, a few of her Christian friends, she had lots of Christian friends and she's going to a church in Italy and they were encouraging her also to forgive our son. I don't know if she's there yet but she's working at it. So that was a minor, well major miracle for us but it was absolutely a miracle. So praise the Lord. Yeah, God, so good and uh, we are so grateful. Uh, for that answer to prayer. I'm, I'm going to share with you about another uh, miracle that's happened in our family and uh, that's concerning my youngest brother. Now my youngest brother <coughs> has, um, he's a diabetic, uh, he suffered from kidney failure. I was able to help him by donating a kidney a few years ago, some of you will know that. Anyway, he developed an infection in his foot um, and that grew gradually worse uh, until it really got to the point where the surgeons were saying, well, we need to take this foot off. You know, we need to amputate because if it continues to grow up through the bone, uh, you might lose your whole leg. So it was a really <laughs> stressful time for Phil. Um, he had to sit at home. He couldn't go to work. He, it was just a, a gradual regression, you know, uh, of health. Uh, we prayed for him, we all prayed for him, all of the family, we asked other people to pray. Um, nothing seemed to happen, <laughs> nothing seemed to improve, um, but we continued in prayer. Um, and over the period of time that he was at home um, by himself, uh, waiting for this healing, um, we felt really strongly to go and visit him, like on a regular basis. So we, we didn't organise a roster, but we just all just dropped in and visited and I can remember having some really good talks with Phil that I've never had before um, <laughs> which <laughs> which is which is amazing it's just amazing to <laughs> have a relationship with someone that you didn't have one with before <laughs> before and maybe that was part of the reason why this all happened but anyway just <laughs> yeah, just uh, yesterday, I received news from um, uh, through uh, a message that he sent out to the family that um, that the surgeons now were really amazed um, that the infection has has 
started to heal and his bone is starting to heal and the scans and the x-rays and so on they're doing is you know showing that the infection has in fact um, withdrawn and that he was out of danger that there was no longer any danger of him losing his leg so thank you lord thank you so much please join me as we just pray for this before the next one comes up Father, we thank you for Phil. We thank you, Lord, that you have given him many, many more years than he would have thought some 20 years ago. Father, we pray you continue to heal and restore him. And Lord, also, I pray above all else, Lord, that his relationship with you will grow and bring him much joy. Lord, that he will, Lord, just know the abundance of having a relationship with you, especially in his loneliness at times, Lord. Thank you for the restoration and the growing in the relationships amongst the scuts. Father, we thank you for Gloria that she would come and visit Henry and Veronica, that she would share the joy of her child with them, their grandchild. And Lord, we pray you protect that relationship. Lord, we pray that the enemy cannot get in there again and, and try to destroy it. We stand against the works of the enemy there in Jesus' name. And we pray that Henry and Veronica and Gloria and our family will have much joy with little Cello. Lord, we pray for Bobby. Father, your kindness will lead him to repentance. Lord, we stand in the gap for him and cry out for his salvation. Lord, for restoration all around as only you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. Bernie's got an amazing testimony. Thank you. Well, one thing's amazing, I'm here. <laughs> on Tuesday, I delivered Christian newspapers on uh, Church Street, and you know, that's pretty steep. And uh, I was just feeling a little bit of heartburn. That's all that I could feel. Uh, it didn't bother me at all. Uh, when I finished uh, the delivery, I went to get my glasses fixed. I went to the post office. I went and do some banking. Went and had a cup of coffee with Mika DeVries down at Live and Eat. I was going to wait for the guys to turn up. And I thought, no, I'll go home and just sit in the chair and take it easy for a while because... I was feeling a little bit, yeah, just not like I should be feeling. And uh, anyway, I sat there, I told Susie to go to the prayer meeting. I said, I'm just going to sit here for a while and just re relax. And I did that for about a quarter of an hour and it just wasn't getting any better. So I thought, I'll ring the ambulance and if I make a mistake, so what, you know, and if I don't, maybe it might be helpful. So I uh, rang the ambulance and they got, I heard later on, they got there from Glenorchy to Kingston in 12 minutes. So obviously they were breaking the speed limit, so, well, they're allowed to, we're not, so. And uh, they put all these things on your chest and, and they get the little machine going and then they said, Mr. Hardog, you're having a heart attack. And I'm thinking, a heart attack? Like, that's not something I was expecting. Two hours later, I came out of the operating theatre and I had a stent put in one of my main arteries. And I watched the whole process because you're totally with it while that's happening. It's really interesting what they do. You see that little thing go up, up your veins and 
one, at one stage there was something in front of me and I said, could you please shift that so I can see what I'm, what I'm looking at. So, uh, in, I, said, I said to the doctor, I said, I need to have a pee. And the nurse said, you can't do that. I said, well, then well, there's going to be an accident. So. And the doctor said, yes, of course you can. That was the first time. Second time, I need a pee. Third time, I need a pee. And uh, anyway, I, I told them that I was a Christian and that spread around the ward like wildfire. It really did. And uh, it wasn't long before people started saying, you, you know, I'm a Christian. And uh, then this doctor came to me and said, how long have you been married? And I said, we've been together over 50 years. How on earth do you do that? I said, have you got some time? She said, yes. I got to share my whole testimony as to how I got saved through life, what God has done in my life. And she was always, and, and, it was just, it was just amazing. So the scripture that came to me was, and above all things have fervent love for one another. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another. No, that's not the one I was supposed to read. Now it's gone. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defence to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, they didn't do that by the way, those who revile you, uh, your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. That didn't happen at not one time. Every time I was put into another ward and the lady that was there, she was going back to Launceston. You can hear everything that's happening. And uh, she obviously heard that I was a Christian as well. And before she went, they opened the curtain. She's laying on the bed ready to be wheeled out. And she said, oh, by the way, I'm a Christian as well. And she said, I want God's blessing to be upon your life. And the next person that came in, he had a quadruple bypass. And we had some really fantastic discussions. So it wasn't a bad experience it was actually a fantastic experience where we saw God at work in the whole process and here I am on Thursday I come home and I said uh, when can I go back to work I asked the cardiologist well he says tomorrow if you want to there you go Sal that's what the cardiologist said you know everybody wants to give me a month off but uh it's, it's really not necessary. The, the, the one side effect that I feel, I feel a little bit lightheaded sometimes. Do you get that, uh, John? You don't. I, you don't feel anything. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, is, it is absolutely amazing what they do. He was talking to me all the way through 
and I, was, I could see it had to go like this and and I said, are you having any trouble getting, getting to the right spot? He said, oh, a little bit. He says, I'm moving forward. He said, it won't be long. And when he opened that stent, all of a sudden, I can breathe. It is, it is amazing. And I'm so thankful to God for doctors. But I told him, I said, you practice, but he heals. Is that right? And they go, yeah, probably. <laughs> they don't really want to acknowledge that, but they know it. And I asked the lady that does the, uh, uh, the ultrasound, it's an echo ultrasound kind of a thing. I said, what, what do you think about the body? Isn't it amazing the way that it's made? And she just went into glowing terms about the amazing body structure and how it's been put together. She didn't say God did it, but she was amazed about the physical body that God has given us. So... My kids say, Dad, it's good to hear your voice. Cause, and if they didn't hear it, I'd be talking to Jesus. So it's been a, an actually a, a good experience, not a bad one. Although it's a little bit of a shock when you fear, first hear the words, you know, like you're having a heart attack. You just don't feel it's very real. But I'm so thankful to God. And it reminded me that we have to be ready all the time. All the time. Thank you. Just before Bart, just before, we'll just pray for Bernie. Father, I, I just reach out your hands to Bernie. Lord, we, we thank you that you are the healer. We thank you for the medical profession, but Lord, we speak complete restoration over Bernie's heart. And Lord, also over the uh, issue that he has in his neck and whatever else there might be, Lord, we are just believing for complete restoration and healing. For your word says, by Jesus' stripes, Bernie has been healed. And thank you for the testimonies he gave. And Lord, I pray for all those that were impacted by that, that those seeds, Lord, will grow into fruit for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along this narrow way. Well, When I said, when I was saying he, he walks with me and talks with me, that wasn't always the case. There was a time where he didn't do that. And I ended up in ministry. And um, um, they prayed and said, look, you might need to take hold of a particular scripture. And the scripture was, believe that you have received it and you will have it. And it took three days. It took three days to happen. I had to walk with for three days believing that I had received what I didn't have. And it happened. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, may that continue to grow too. And I thank you, Lord, for the testimony that has made our children see a change in their dad. 
Lord, that they often speak of it, and I thank you and praise you for that. Pray for your blessing over Bart. Lord, I continue to speak healing to his body and the ability to hear. Lord, I speak that for others too, for Siska and Rebecca and Susie. Lord, and, and others who are struggling with their hearing, Fred and Lyle. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who restores the ability to hear. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies before gentlemen. But I'm sure that Fred's is really wonderful. So <laughs> um, we're really, really grateful for where we live and our family and also the opportunity to have holidays. And it's almost embarrassing to say just how wonderful the holidays are. Um, and that you can be so blessed even while you're having holidays. Like, oh, how could we deserve that? Well, deserve or not, God's a God who blesses. And uh, we've just lived in that blessing for three weeks. And it's just so amazing how God works. So one testimony of how he worked, and we hadn't even prayed about that one. And the other testimony is for... Um, a thing that happened on our holiday and I know that Inika was praying and we were praying on our holiday we went on a cruise and usually cruise ships stop off at you know three or four different places and this cruise only stopped at one place Norfolk Island and then it was going to New Zealand so if we didn't stop at, stop at Norfolk Island it would have been a very long cruise and we thought it was worth the risk because we've always wanted I've always wanted to go to Norfolk Island and it's such a fascinating place well a cruise ship hadn't been able to go there for four years and the night before the, the sea was really rough and the staff had put the sick bags out for all the people <laughs> and a lot of people didn't go to dinner that night. It was really rough and we thought, oh God, you're in control. Um, you know, if we get to Norfolk Island, it'd be really, really wonderful. But, oh, no, I found it hard to have faith at that time. We got, <laughs> sorry, but you did, I know. Um, we got to Norfolk Island and there's no real port there. You have to go in little boats that are called tenders. And so uh, the captain made the announcement that we were going to go off the boat into tenders. Well, it wasn't till my feet were actually on the island that I was like, oh, thank you, God, thank you, God. I was on Norfolk Island, a dream come true. Um, and it was difficult to get the people on the tenders and difficult to get them back onto the ship as well. It looked like it was calm as a mill pond, but it was the little tender was going up and down and the ship was going up and down as well. So it was a real effort for them to get 1,700 people off that ship. And I'm just so thankful to God that he blesses so abundantly. The other little thing, and I'll try and be as quick as possible, but we ended up in Cairns on the first part of our holiday and we were going to see our children uh, about six days later. Paul and Katrina and their three children were going to meet us and we'd have a day together in Cairns and we thought, that's wonderful, we'll have a day together with them. Anyway, they rang as soon as we got to Cairns and they said, oh, Mum and Dad, we've actually, we're coming down to Cooktown, so we're way further than what we thought. Is it possible that you guys might be able to actually come up to Cooktown? And we thought, oh, we'd love to see the Harleys and be restored with them again. We hadn't seen them for ages. Um, and we thought, well, we haven't, we've got a little hire car booked, but it's only just a little thing and we don't know if we'll be able to do that. So we were going to check that in the morning, went out, just having a little walk around Cairns, and John walks out onto a road and beep! Someone bipped at him and he nearly got run over. Well, that's 
it was not that close. But it turns out it was someone from Tasmania. <laughs> so it was a friend of ours called Stuart who happened to work in Cairns and we didn't even know that he had a business in Cairns. And he said, what are you doing here, John and Mika? And we said, well, we'd like to go up to Cooktown. All of a sudden our kids are up there, but we have to see if we can get a hire car. We've booked one, but we don't know if they'll allow that. And he said, oh, I'm leaving tomorrow. Have my car. It's a four-wheel drive. You can go four-wheel driving if you want. And, and we said, oh, you know, it was like, that's a bit much to offer, a car. Anyway, we thought about it overnight and we both thought, we're going to go with this. This is a real blessing. And we rang Stuart and it happened. So we took him to the airport the next day, took his other workers to the airport as well. And then we had the car and we could be with the Harley. So we drove all the way up to Cooktown <laughs> and we were with our kids. And it was just such a huge blessing. And I hadn't even prayed that one and it happened. But God is a God who blesses and he answers prayer. So I thank you for your prayers, Inika. And really thank the Lord for everything that he, that he does and works through us. And there's just so much going on in prayer. I could be up here and talk for ages about things that he's doing in our family. And yeah, sometimes it feels like um, you, you pray and nothing happens. And then um, something happens that's the seed. And you know that something's happening, but it comes out in the negative way. But you, you really know that God's working and... It's, it might be a negative thing, like with Bernie too, but it's going to bring great fruit and you've just got to go through that and it's the persevering, enduring prayer that, that you'll see the result in. Thank God. Thank you, Lord, that you bless when we don't even expect it. Lord, you're not just looking to answer the big things, but you love to bless your children. Thanks that Mika and John are safely back and had such a great time. Thanks for helping me get over my jealousy. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Norfolk Island. <laughs> my testimony is nothing like Bernie's and nothing like Mika's. It happened 18 years ago and it shows that God is not only interested in our spiritual life but he's interested in every aspect of our lives. I was about to turn 65 and retire and I wasn't looking forward to retirement one little bit. And <coughs> I actually hadn't prayed about it so much, I thought, but God knew my, my thoughts. He knew me better than I know my, myself. And we had friends in the northern part of Tasmania and they were going to a Launceston Christian Fellowship, the Lester and Pauline. They had a visiting speaker at the time and uh, the lady would have a name and then she would have a prophecy for that name. And she said, is there anybody here by the name of Fred? And there was no Fred in the whole congregation. And she was a bit puzzled. And she said, is there anybody here who's got a friend by the name of Fred? And Lester and Pauline put their hand up. 
Now she said, when you get home, ring him up and tell him that he's been worried about or concerned about his retirement. Tell him that he's not going to retire, he's going to refire. <laughs> so they couldn't wait to get home and, and ring me up. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the refiring of Fred and for all he's done over those years to bless others. Lord, I'm, I'm just so grateful hearing these different stories. Lord, help us to share testimony together all the time. Because sometimes good things happening. I was thinking of, of um, <laughs> Veronica and Henry. I can't see Henry, so I've forgotten his name. Oh, there you are. Sometimes good things, good things happen, but then you have amazing joy, and then you've got to maintain that confidence in God. And I had that a little bit when our son Phil got saved. I was just beside myself, and it was wonderful. But then I started thinking, what about this, and what about that, and oh, maybe he doesn't know that, and da 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 da. And God said to me one night, I know, I know you're his mother, but I'm God. That helped, but I got a scripture besides that. <laughs> uh, it's in Philippians, and he's called Phil, so that's pretty appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> Being confident, confident, everybody say confident, confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, in him, in Bobby, in anyone else, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And in some of the other versions it says he will surely complete it. Surely. And sometimes we might have people that have wandered off for a while and, and all of that. But um, some of those good seeds have been sown. God will complete his work. And, and well, I might be here to see it, which is, which is fine, but I can go confidently. You stay confident, and like Inika said, we see the little bit, or you see a blade, or you see um, little good things in the kids, and you think, well, what happens if they're teenagers, and what if they wander? God will complete it, complete it. He is faithful, and if he said the life is in the seed, and I see that time and time and time again. God is faithful, so hang in there, hang in there. And if you go to glory, hang in there. I mean, you don't have to hang in in glory, but keep believing. Die in faith. Die in confidence. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder, Lord, to believe that you will complete the work. Father, thank you for Tinika, who so faithfully prayed for many, many people and situations for many, many years. Thank you for all that she and Fred and others have poured into the families of this church and beyond that. Lord, bless them, keep them in good health and Lord, we thank you that um, Tinika has been moving so much for freely. Lord, these operations are amazing too and we give you thanks again for the medical profession in Jesus' name. Right. So this goes back away, and I sort of was thinking, have I got a testimony? And I've thought 
sorry. I had been thinking mm, testimony and I thought, well, I've got one that was sort of way back and continued. Um, back before I left home, um, a work friend gave me Cross and Switchblade to read. I thought, wow, this is amazing, God, because I'd only known Church of England stuff. Um, I just thought, if this is, you know, this is you, this is what I want. And then I went to Sydney on holiday. Oh, no, on holiday I went, you know, moved to Sydney when I was 19. Living in Sydney, my older sister was in Sydney. Um, and at one stage I was flatting with her in, it was 1969, 1970. And our younger sister came up and stayed with us um, in the flat that we were in. And Anne was on school teacher, she was on holiday, so that time Jackie came and stayed with us. Um, John, yeah, John, some, of you, some of you knew Jackie. Um, anyway, Jackie went home, all set to move to Sydney, sold her car that she had, um, and to move to, and then decided she couldn't live in Kingston without having a decent car, so she bought an old Humpy Holden. Um, while she was in Sydney, she drove Anne's car, went through a red light, and was really upset that she could have killed everybody, and I'd rather die myself. The Humpy Holden, she was driving some friends back to town from um, a barbecue that they'd had down on Kingston Beach, and uh, the, the car skidded. She had been drinking, um, but the car skidded on the road. Uh, she just went out the driver's door and was killed instantly. There were five others in the car. They all got out. There was a lacerated leg and a broken collarbone. And they were like, where's Jackie? Anne and I got the phone call from Dad about two o'clock in the morning um, on a plane home to Hobart. And I think we were somewhere over Bass Strait coming in. I saw Jackie out, I was sitting next to the window like I was just in a daze. And I saw Jackie out the window. And she was there. She was in some kind of vehicle. She smiled and waved and was gone. And I knew she was all right. I didn't know anything. I wasn't, I wasn't going to church. I wasn't in any relationship with God at that stage. But I knew she was okay. And so, you know, came back, went through the funeral and, and, and the grief um, and got on with life. And eventually we, we came, Don, met Don. That's another, another testimony again. But um, we, God brought us back down to Kingston. And um, I was at a prayer group. No, yeah, I was at a prayer group and one of the ladies was talking about meanings and names. And she said, her son's name meant supplanter. It meant to take the place off. Jackie means supplanter. And I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing, God. You know, it didn't, you know, it was just that passing thing. And um, anyway, then uh, at another prayer group sometime later, I, uh, somebody brought along a DVD, I think it was a DVD, no, it was a video, of um, oh, an American pastor, can't think what his name is now, um, oh yes, I can, Jesse DePlantis, and he was taught, giving a testimony of having gone to heaven, an experience that he'd had, and he was t saying how he'd been praying, um, on it, literally on his face, praying about it, where he was going to be speaking um, the next night, and he had an angel come, and the angel 
just said, come with me, took him to the top of the building and he said this vehicle arrived and he said it was like a gondola but it wasn't attached to anything and as soon as he said that I thought that's what Jackie was in. It was just this like wow, you know, <laughs> that's what Jackie was in, I was so excited. Um, and um, anyway, he, you know, he went on with his testimony and, and what God had said and, and what, what rather what Jesus had said. And Jesus was actually in tears and crying and saying, you know, not sobbing, crying, but in tears. And he said, why are you crying, Lord? And he said, I'm coming soon. My people aren't ready. So anyway, sort of move on again. Um, Don and I were in... New Zealand for six months um, and he was really sick but God took me to church John Steeler told me about, um, Elam Church and they had ministry and then in fact they had a series of conferences um, for New Zealand and there were people coming from Guatemala and Argentina and, and I went back for each of these conferences and then at the last one that I'd been to, the pastor from Guatemala had said and now I want to invite you all to my conference. And I was like, and I'd heard about his conferences. Um, and I was thinking, wow, that'd be amazing. And then next thing, got an email. I think we'd only just got an email address, let alone, you know, it was that. We got an email. Anybody who wanted to go, please let us know. That was from the Elam Church. So, you know, and I said to Don, you never guess what I just got. He said, well, you might as well go. We've got the money at the moment. So... Next thing I'm on a plane to Guatemala with a group from the New Zealand um, Elam Church. And um, anyway, worship, you know, sort of worshipping and amazing worship with so many different languages and, and it was just such a blessing. Went to Almalonga, if any of you have ever heard of Almalonga, um, where God had sovereignly changed this, um, through prayer, had changed this whole um, township. And, um, and I think there was something like 95% born-again Christians in this, in this township in Guatemala. And they'd gone from being totally poor um, to supplying vegetables and, and everything for the whole of um, like Central America. They were shipping off. They had these big trucks um, that had, uh, in Spanish, Jesus is Lord written across them. And you know, it was just, just such an incredible blessing to be at this conference. Came back to Wellington, um, had a couple of nights there before I came home. And along the way, I'd had a few conversations with the Lord, sorry, yep, um, about Jackie. And, and I'd said, you know, sort of, I just sort of said, I mean, I don't think I'd know her now. Like, I was, I was 21 when she died. And I said, like, I don't know if I'd even know her if I saw her again. Anyway, we came back from this conference at the Elam Church worshipping and it was pretty really powerful worshipping and suddenly I saw heaven open and there was a group of women singing or people I think they were women but Jackie was there and I knew her and I was like wow that's Jackie it was just so amazing that you know that the little sort of thought that I'd said about I don't know if I'd know her again and here she was and I recognized her straight away and I was just like so full of, overwhelmingly full of wow. Um, and I saw the senior pastor's daughter leave her husband and children and go across to mum and dad, talk to him, talk to them for a few minutes. And then when that song, next song finished, she went up on stage, or that's what it was, spin, went up on stage with her father and Mike just said, Julia's got something she wants to share with you. And so Julia took the microphone and she said, 
while we were worshipping in that last song, I saw heaven open and I saw, and she named the people that she had seen. Um, and that's basically, and that's, I mean, it was just like, you know, Jackie and I had no understanding about giving our lives to Jesus, and t- apart from what I'd read in the cross and the switchblade. Um, it was, and I've got no idea if she ever read it or never ever talked about it, but I know where Jackie is. And I know, like, it was bits and pieces over my whole life where God has just been so faithful to drop in little bits of, you know, I've got this, this is okay, you know, just leave it with me type of thing. It was, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the comfort you give us, Lord, when we do lose loved ones. Lord, especially when we are concerned about whether they came to know you. But, Father, I thank you that you can drop that in our spirit. And I thank you for the comfort that you've given Susan through it. In Jesus' name. Short and sweet. Um, Tinika, your scripture to, to keep on praying because God will complete the work. My oldest son, Andrew, who's had a pretty, he's 33 now, had a pretty rough life because of choices he's made, um, has recently had a breakthrough with God who he had totally rejected, but he now knows that God loves him. He's talking about this amazingly huge love. He doesn't quite want to recognise Jesus yet, but he's experienced God's love. And God has taken him, believe this, up to Dondale in the Northern Territory to work with the kids in that place who are so tough, little kids. And, um, and he's telling them, God loves you. He's not telling them about Jesus because he hasn't quite got that yet. But I keep saying, you know, God's first name is Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, mum, you know. <laughs> but I just want to testify that God is working and, and bringing, Ka- uh, bringing Andrew through to a full salvation. And I knew Andrew as a boy. So, Lord, I praise you and thank you for what you're doing in his life. And I stand in agreement with Sally. Lord, that he would come to the fullness of knowledge of you and have a powerful ministry where he is now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. Um, I have a, a symbol that I like, and it's stuck in my mind. And I don't know where I picked it up, and the word was Icathus, and it's a fish symbol. I don't know where I got it as a young boy or as a teenager. I remember somebody preaching on it. And I remember coming down here many years ago when we first moved here and somebody preached in the Mercy Church on this actual symbolism of the Icathus. Today that meaning, that symbolism keeps coming back in my mind and I know that the early Christians right up until the first century used this word Icathus, which means fish. And the, and the word is, um, the first letter of it is I which is the first letter of what we, person we call Jesus. The second word is an X, which we get the word Christ from. The third word of there is Theos, which we get the word God. The second, uh, sorry, the next letter is U, we get the word Huos, which means son. 
And the last letter is the S, and it means sauter, which in our language means saviour. And I hang on to that key in my life. And I remember Bart talking about it many years ago, about five years ago, talking about the keys of the kingdom. We used to quite often talk about the keys of the kingdom. And this actual symbolism to me is a key of the early Christians. That God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. And the Ichathus explains that. Jesus Christ, God's son and saviour. And he is the one we hang on to through him. Thank you. It's a good way to finish. Thank you, Ian. I'd like to pray for Ian and Sheila. Father, I thank you for what Ian has just reminded us of. Thank you for your amazing way of, of, of giving us symbols and, and things that we can hold on to, Lord, um, even when the rest of the word might escape us for a time. Father, I want to lift Ian and Sheila to you, Lord, and pray that you would bless them. Lord, we know that for Sheila, for many years, it's been hard to get around. Lord, I believe that you are a God who heals. And sometimes it takes time, but I would ask, Lord, I'm sure brothers and sisters would join in this, Lord, that you would heal and restore her, that you would give them an abundant life together as they worship and serve you, um, especially in their family. And Lord, I pray that <coughs> your joy will be their strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, where the time has gone on, and isn't it encouraging to hear each other's testimonies? So please continue to share testimony with each other, even if you haven't had the opportunity to do that here. And just one more thing before we leave. Um, at the end of every service, we have a time where we invite you to come up for prayer. If you've got something that's heavy on your heart, please don't leave today without getting one of us to stand in prayer it doesn't have to necessarily be Bernie or Susie or Sally or me or any or Bart you know just but but we're here to stand with you in prayer should you have any kind of need we often pray out there before the service that no one will leave carrying a burden the same way they came in so please do not do that I hope you have a wonderful week thanks for sharing testimony thanks for listening Thank you for being part of our fellowship. May God bless you and keep you and watch over you in this coming week. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.